So not too long ago, I held this workshop at WPPI where I gave my top 30 creative strategies to get photography clients as fast as possible without paid ads. And it killed it. It sold out. It was incredible. I've been sitting on it for a little while and I've decided to bring it back, to bring it back and to give it directly to you. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to pay anything either. I just want to help you grow your business each day for three days. I'm going to share with you 10 ultra unique creative ways to attract dream clients to your photography business without spending a bunch of money. I'm calling this thing the three day client blitz and it is pure gold for three days. I'm going to give you so many creative ideas to get clients in your business right now. Just go to sixfigurephotography.com forward slash blitz six S I X six figure your photography.com forward slash blitz b l i t z i can't wait to give you some incredible ideas you're listening to the six figure photography podcast where we teach you how to grow your photography business if you need the show notes or want to check out the latest blog posts check out sixfigurephotography.com now here's your host ben hartley Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 24 of the Six Figure Photography Podcast. My name is Ben Hartley, and today we have a really, really exciting episode because one of my good friends is here on the show with me today, but more on that in just a moment. Six Figure Photography is designed to help you grow your photography business, to find abundance. And you guys, abundance is found in understanding your own self-worth and providing value to every single person you encounter. And today's episode is a perfect example of that. So often in the photography industry, we see these amazing photographers, these celebrity photographers that are just killing it. And we look at them and we say, man, someday I wish I could be like them. Someday I'll get there. And we kind of put them up on this pedestal where the, you know they were the lucky ones that they made it. And you guys, we're going to be taking a look at Gandhi Photography, Ryan and Lacey Gandy are actually going to help to walk us through their success story that took place in only a couple years. So here's the deal. In 2015, they were shooting weddings for $1,500. And now, just two years later, 2017, they're booking weddings for over four grand. And so this is really cool because we get to see, we get to kind of go along the track record of what it took for them uh, to kind of move in this direction, uh, how they went from shooting weddings for free, how they went from second shooting, um, investing into themselves, and really the number one thing that they did for growth. You guys, we're going to jump right in and talk to Ryan. Gandhi of Gandhi Photography because this is a timeline that's obtainable. Let's talk to Ryan. Hey, Ryan, how is it going, my man? Oh, I'm great. Thank you. How are you? Oh, dude, I am so good. I am so good. Hey, where's where's Lacey? Where's your better half? She's at work. She's still doing the full-time job thing. So, yeah. Awesome. 11 to 8 today. Yeah. Okay. So, let's kind of, let's start from a little bit of of the beginning. Um, so you and Lacey, you said she's at, uh, she's at work right now. Where does she work at? Uh, she works at ESPN full time and I'm, I'm doing part time there as well. Okay. Awesome. So I want to kind of, I want to set some, uh, I guess kind of the framework here because, um, you've come a long way, man. And I would love to see, um, and really kind of paint this picture of what this looked like for you. Um, when things kind of first started out, uh, to where they are today, because dude, like I said, you've come a long way. It's been really exciting to see this journey. And I think that there is so much to be learned from the process that you have taken and are continuing to take that, um, 
that I, I guess I kind of feel like uh, our our guests, like if you're listening right now, they, man, this is a great privilege to be able to actually get a chance to hear all of the ins and outs. I feel like so often we're just kind of as photographers talking to people um, who are kind of local in our area and we're, when we're all kind of feeling the struggle or we kind of just see the other side where we see these people up on a pedestal and we see them up there and we're like, Oh man, someday, how did they get there? You know? And, um, and I love that, that you're very actively in the middle of this process and yet, man, it's just been a really great journey for you. And so, um, this is a success story. So let's start at the beginning. All right. Um, so kind of introduce, um, when did you and Lacey uh, decide that you were going to begin uh, into this uh, journey of, of starting a photography business? That was late 2013, around September, I think it was, yeah. where she had finally convinced me to take what had just kind of been an off and on hobby and actually try to make something of it because she knew I had a passion for it. Anytime we traveled together, uh, I'd always make her stop and pose and do all these stupid things that she'd sometimes get annoyed with. But um, yeah, she finally convinced me to in late 2013, and that, that's that's the beginning of it. Are you responsible for the no trespassing signs uh, all over your website where she's trespassing? <laughs> yes. That's, that's I had this feeling <laughs> yeah. like that was you uh, behind those. <laughs> that's just okay. become a, uh, a running joke that we have everywhere we go she sees now she gets excited anytime she sees a sign it's like do not enter do not go beyond the fence line she's like oh shit we gotta get behind this one and yeah it's funny okay so late 2013 at this point you guys are both full-time at espn correct yep in connecticut okay nice so what did that conversation look like i mean yes you, you know she recognized that you had some skill in it but was it just kind of like uh you know let's just take pictures for fun was it let's let's get out of dodge and let's try to build this thing where did that conversation begin oh man i you know what i i really don't i don't know honestly and, and, and oddly enough you and and leslie had a lot you and Leslie had a lot to do with it because when we just for those obviously who don't know we you guys shot our wedding. Um, just And this was prior to actually working with you on the wedding day. But just through the Skype calls with you guys and seeing the passion and like the excitement and how much fun you guys had. And then she saw like how much I enjoyed doing it. She was like, why can't we be like that? And that's kind of, I think that's honestly kind of where it started. Um, so it started small, just doing anything we could. We just asked some local co-workers you know who had families hey can we take some pictures and that's where we started we're not doing family shots anymore but um yeah it, i don't think it was ever to like get out of connecticut although that could have been a conversation because we really were not happy living there um yeah i i think it really just started kind of seeing how you guys were doing it yeah and I think it's fair. I think a lot of people, a lot of photographers, you know, like they recognize that, um, I mean, it's fun. They recognize that maybe they have got a talent for it. They, um, they just kind of enjoy the process. And so it, a lot of times it starts very much just as a hobby, just to kind of see how it goes. And so when you kind of decided, all right, so let's, let's see how this goes. Where was your pricing at? Where was your booking at? Can we take a look at some numbers? Cause I think it's helpful to kind of see where things started. We didn't have <laughs> prices. We didn't have anything. The um, we shot our first wedding in early 2014, and really, we basically did it like for nothing. Um, I think 
So it was in uh, it was in Florida. The the way that this happened is a little convoluted. Um, there was this young man. He was like 19 years old. He was in the Navy and he was stationed in upstate New York. And for he had been to Connecticut because there was a Navy base in Connecticut. Um, he was from Florida. He and his fiance were both from the Tampa area, which is where Lacey's from. And they knew Lacey's parents. So they're like, Hey, will you go do some engagement photos for these two? So we did, they were like, they were both young, both 19 years old. And like I said, this is like January of 2014. Mm-hmm. So we met him and we did our first engagement shoot. I mean, they probably love the photos. I look back at them and they're awful. I, I remember um, these pictures, dude. Oh, I just posted them in the, uh, in your workshop group just yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so from there, they were like, they, we went down to Florida and, um, they bought our flights, which was like 300 bucks a piece. So we basically traded a trip to Florida flights for their wedding. Cause they weren't even going to hire wedding photographers. And then they wanted us to do it and they gave us a chance. And as bad as I think those photos are, I will never forget that because they, I mean, they got it started. They took this chance on us. They just let us do it. And um, otherwise, they weren't going to have photos. So $600. And we didn't make any money. We just got the, the flights. Um, then in April of 2014, Lacey's niece, I know that sounds weird. She has much older siblings. Um, Lacey's niece was getting married. So we shot that wedding again basically just for travel so we did two weddings in 2014 made no money but they gave us a chance and that kind of got the ball rolling yeah so 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 that was it for 2014 correct yeah because then in july we transferred we got relocated to charlotte so we kind of had to put it on the back burner um here in charlotte espn was launching a brand new network so that fall of 2014 was crazy busy with our hours so we and new market like starting over yeah so we kind of had to put it aside and we picked back up early last year 2015. yeah what were some of the challenges that you faced when you started uh off early on and then in conjunction to with traveling to a new location and then how did you how did you overcome that when you moved from connecticut um you know how did you go about beginning to start this thing back up well i mean obviously the early challenges in in connecticut and and then again here were just getting experience and just finding um things to shoot, people to let us take pictures, any of that stuff. And then when we relocated, it was like basically starting over. We had kind of started to get momentum, mostly in the family thing, which we weren't really digging in Connecticut. Um, So almost in a way that kind of slowed that, which was was fine. Uh, But moving to a new location was tough because not only do you get introduced into a brand new market and you have to completely start over, we didn't know anybody. it's a much bigger, much more competitive market here than we were than in central Connecticut. Like Hartford's only a few hundred thousand people. Charlotte and its suburbs, three to three and a half million people. So much more here. Um, but what we did when we got here, once we got through that first fall and we had time over the winter to kind of dig in, uh, we started talking to people at work. Uh, the first person here to give us a chance was um, this guy at work. He hired us. Um, $1,500, I think we shot their wedding for in April of last year. Uh, again, 
not really making any money, especially considering we had to drive up to the Asheville area, which is a two and a half hour drive and <laughs> stay the night, you know, like there was travel involved and we didn't charge travel. We, we didn't know what the hell we were doing. Um, but from there it, again, like we did that one. Then, then I started second shooting for, uh, other, a company called George street. I think they're based in Chicago, but they basically freelance out wedding pros around the nation. So I had applied for a job through them and I got it as a second shooter and I started second shooting in the area. And I, through that, I started making contacts with lead photographers who also had their own businesses. And then they started having me second shoot for their businesses. So this really started to help build my local portfolio and just portfolio in general, because I hadn't really never shot that many weddings. Um, so through second shooting, I was really able to kind of fill it out and, uh, make it almost in a way look like I was busier than I really was, but they, you know, everybody let me use my images that I, that I took and that was great. And that gave me the confidence I needed to kind of start growing our own business. And then now when I was meeting with potential brides at this point, we were on wedding wire. We had signed up for a uh, featured listing, um, got our website redone. We used uh, show it. We went to show it platform and, Got on, got a website through Tonic, and that site really made us look more legit than the website we had prior was awful. Sure. So, so yeah. I, mean, I want to pause for a quick second because yeah. I want to get. I'm, we're going to get all into your brand development and everything, but I got to go back actually. Okay. Yeah. No problem. I gotta go back for a minute because. Um, I mean, I'm I'm putting together the timeline here, and it was 2014, two weddings, 2015, one. And then I guess this comes, comes. We did more than just one. That was just in the spring last year. Oh yeah, year. sorry. One to start. Uh, mm-hmm. One to start before, um, before you kind of took took the ball into your own hands. And what I mean to say is this: I guess I um, there's a lot of photographers who are who are in your shoes right now. They right they're now. just getting started and they're trying to figure out how do I build my portfolio. Um, and I think what you did is fantastic. I mean, you you approached family, you approached friends, and you approached doing work. Um, at, at the time for uh, for free. And I think though the difference here is that um, a lot of photographers continue to, to do work for free, right? And I don't think there's anything wrong um, in doing that to get kind of things going. It's just knowing knowing yourself worth at the right point to, to make that transition. And for you, that was only two events. Um, and I think the other thing too is you didn't approach it as free work. You approached it as I'm going to shoot this wedding as if I was getting paid, you know, uh, right. The, yeah. the right dollar amount. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, looking back at the images, clearly we were new, um, no doubt, but I didn't take it lightly. Like I, I put, we really put ourselves out there and into it. I mean, we shot who knows how long those days were. I don't think we even capped like the hours. We just like, when we do something, Lacey's the same way. When I when I go at something, I want to do it right. Like I, I have too much pride in my work. Um, it was the same at ESPN and still is when I'm there part time. Like I don't want to half ass whatever it is I'm doing. Like I want to do it right. So for me, yes, we weren't getting paid, but these people cared about these pictures. I wanted to do it to the best of my ability at that time. Um, so yeah, like going at it. And, and just knowing that looking at the long game, I was doing it for free then, but looking back, like it's hard to put value on what those people that gave us that chance, like 
how much that has kind of like spring, you know, spring, spring forward, what it has done for our business. Like without those opportunities to do that free work, I don't know, I might not be having this conversation with you right now. Yeah, and you just said something that's really poignant that I don't want to that I don't want to just kind of skip over. You said um, when I looked at the long game, and that's something right there, man. That um, yeah, I don't know if you realize how kind of important and powerful that statement is. It's it's patience. I think yeah. you had the kind of patience to recognize where you wanted to be, and then you kind of uh, reverse engineered, right? And you right. hustled yeah. to get to that point. And so for you, reverse engineering that was was second shooting for George Street. To be honest, yeah. uh, well, let's just be real. George Street doesn't have the, the greatest um, uh, outward kind of <laughs> viewpoint in the photography industry. Right. Uh, I'm working there. professionals. But you did <laughs> yeah. what you needed to do. You second right. shot. And then you used that to network with other local photographers, build mm -hmm. those relationships, second yep. shot with them. And, and you kept moving the needle. And, um, and I think it's just that, that understanding of the patience to understand where you want to go and then how, how much work it's going to take to get there. And you did it. My question now, though, is it wasn't easy. I just know it wasn't easy, dude. You're like a newly married man. You're working a full-time job. You're second shooting on the weekends. I mean, what were some of those hard conversations that you and Lacey had during that year where you're second shooting, you're working, you're trying to figure things out? Uh, some of them were, well, if we, if this doesn't get going, we would put timelines on it. Like if we don't see progress, if we don't see like, um, money coming in and granted like this year, so this being our only our second full year in business, cause we just got our LLC and all that last year. Um, we would put a timeline on it. Be like, if it, if by say like middle of 2016, we're not seeing actual progress and clients, real clients, not just people we know finding us and making, you know, booking us, we're going to have to consider hanging it up. And, um, but then every time we did that, something happened, it moved forward. So we're like, all right. <laughs> and then crazy we see how goals work when you like write right. something out, how yeah. much more you, uh, tangible it becomes. Yeah. Then you push that window a little further. Okay. Well then now let's look at the end of 2016. Well, we've already got six weddings next year with a potential of three more. Um, we're only doing 10 this year total and we are close to already eclipsing that for 2017. So right now that window that we had kind of set like that time frame of if it's not there by then, we're now we're not even having that conversation, but those were real talks. Um, cause we had poured a lot of personal money into our gear and, and our training and our you know, workshops. So it, that was tough. Yeah. But but yeah, every time we said it, we we met those goals and exceeded it actually. Yeah, this is I mean, I, I think I want there to be a lot of action steps during this during this um this time together, man. And so as you're listening, you guys, um one of the first action steps I want you guys to have in mind is to actually write out your goals. Take the time to recognize what you want and put a timeline to it. Put it put a goal. Put and, and I would say three goals. Have a three month goal, a six month goal. And then like a one year goal, right? Yeah. And and really write this out. Have it have it in front of you. Clip it. Like, dude, F and close out iTunes or not iTunes, but Netflix in the top right hand corner as you're editing pictures. And instead have a post-it note up there that has the goals that you want to reach. Because I think we constantly need to be reminded of the goals that we're trying to accomplish. Um, and you've seen how that pays off, man. Yeah. And for us, like we, we do a lot of travel. Now we're finding we're traveling a lot for um 
for weddings. But just in our personal lives, we travel. Like her family's in Florida, mine's in Ohio. So when we go on road trips, I find I, it's strange. I've I've found that like road trips, just me and her in a car for six to ten hours, like that has been some of our best conversations and our best like planning moments have come in the car. There's nothing else to do. We'll put on a podcast and that'll like trigger thoughts. So we'll pause that. And then she's got a notebook and she's just feverishly writing down everything we're talking about and really like using that, that time, something as simple as a drive has really pushed our business forward. Yeah. So then, um, on that note, um, where, where did you find encouragement from during this time? I mean, yes, you set your goals, um, and there were some hard conversations, but where did you look to for inspiration? Where did you look for, where did you look to for encouragement? Uh, I found a lot of encouragement. I mean, obviously this sounds, I mean, pretty much like anybody, but, um, my family and close friends, uh, they had kind of always been pushing me to pursue photography, but I wasn't too sure. You know, your mom says something nice. Obviously it's your mom. You're just like, yeah, mom, that's nice. That's sweet. But, <laughs> you know, it, that's, that's what moms do. Um, but when I started hearing it from people that had no reason to tell me, that's when I was like, all right, I got to keep going. Got to keep, got to keep pushing. Got to keep getting better. Uh, then I would, then I would read, I'd watch YouTube videos. I would look at work I admired and just, just go for it. But mostly it was just hearing even the smallest little compliment from people around me. That that's really, that was kind of a driving force. Yeah. Surrounding yourself with, um, with kind of uh, uh, like confidence boosting modifiers, like people that you know um, believe in you, you know, like eliminating the seeking, you know, put, putting stuff out there that's just going to like kind of bring you down. I feel like we bring ourselves down enough. We need to constantly be putting people in front of us that are going to support us and, and, and care for us in that way. And I think you had a great benefit in that you were doing this with your gorgeous wife, you know, and that she supported you, you supported her. And you had that thing going, you know, Um, for people who aren't, uh, they, they, they may not have a partner like that. Um, I think what you talked about is, is great in regards to family and friends, but I mean, you're right. Podcasts. I mean, this is what we're doing right now. Right. But podcasts, I think there's so many amazing podcasts out there and you guys, as we're talking about this kind of stuff, get outside of the industry. It does not have to be a photography specific podcast. I find the majority of my inspiration and drive comes from stuff that is, has nothing to do, uh, with photography. Um, and so yeah, uh, uh, books, audiobooks if you don't want to read or you can't, <laughs> just kidding, bad joke. Um, uh, anyhow, yeah, I, I just think that um, surrounding yourself at all times with with uh, the right atmosphere is is really critical. All right, we need to take a quick pause here because I have to recognize a couple of the companies that really do support six figure photography and style story creative. Look, you guys, I mentioned I mentioned my photography studio because the only supporters that I have on this podcast are companies and people that I believe in, companies and people that we personally use as a studio. And so I have to say thank you to Miller's. Miller's Professional Lab is just, it's incredible. That's where we get all of our prints uh, for our clients. Um, one of the reasons that I absolutely love Miller's is because their you guys their product is so freaking amazing. When you get a chance to to head out to WPPI or any of these trade shows, you guys go out, go out to the trade shows and actually feel the products, uh, compare the products, experience what it is that you're actually giving uh, your clients. 
our studio, our, our kind of a, a space here that we get a chance to actually sit down and meet with couples is just surrounded with Miller's prints that we get to take off the wall and put in their hands. The next thing that I love about Miller's is just how freaking consistent and fast they are. And those two things have to go hand in hand. We've used other print labs that were fast, but they weren't consistent. And I know that when I order from Miller's, it's going to get here like next day, two days, and it's going to be uh, consistent in its amazing quality. So anyhow, big shout out to them. I, I as well, I got to talk about Tave because as a studio of three full-time photographers, we have a lot of clients to take care of. We have a lot of organization to take care of. And and we also have to do it in a very customized way because, you know, we we do things differently than your studio. And, 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 and it should be that way. What I love about Tave is it's given us complete control to customize the interface and then track our leads, track our clients in, in like the absolute best way possible, taking care of questionnaires, contracts, order forms, pricing. And then at the end of the year, I get to push all this over to my accountant because it tracks that data in a way that I don't have to worry about. And the best part is this is all done through automation. If you are interested in Tave, I have a 20% off coupon that you guys should 100% use. Uh, go ahead and enter Six Figure Photography, all capitals. I'll make sure that we drop it down in the show notes for you guys. Our studio style and story creative could not run without Tave. All right, back to Ryan. Okay, uh, what were some of the sacrifices that you had to put on the line to kind of see this dream through? Uh, financially, we, we, like I said, we've fronted a lot of money. Um, fortunately, like I feel like we are in a very, uh, a good situation that a lot of people probably don't have <clears throat> in that we had jobs that paid well and had a pretty flexible schedule. And that is even more so here. Um, but it meant sacrificing a lot of free time. It meant less trips home to see family because I'm doing weddings now on weekends. Um, less time hanging out with friends because I'm editing thousands of pictures, you know, stuff like that. Like it really ate into time that I, I used to play like PlayStation with my brother, like silly things like that. But it's been worth it. I guess that was my question. Like, <laughs> has it been worth it? Yeah, it has. Um, and I've noticed like, I feel like I'm having to work at it less now. Not, I'm not saying I'm not working as hard. I'm saying like upfront, there was so much to learn that it it was like all consuming, like all the time I was in it. Um, like editing took me forever. Now I can fly through a wedding. I can get a wedding done in a week. Um, but putting in those hours early and often, like there would be nights I'd be up till three or four in the morning, either reading, watching YouTube videos or editing, whatever. Um, but doing all that and really committing to it has actually lessened how much I have to do it now. So yes, it, it definitely was worth it. But this is important to hear, I think, because a lot of times, you know, when we started, I was talking about, you know, we either see ourselves as peers with the photographers who are struggling around us, or we see other photographers up on a pedestal. And I know there's photographers who see you, Ryan, and they're like, oh, yeah, there's Gandhi's, you know, like they just made it. But but you didn't just make it. I didn't just make it. Jerry Honus didn't just make it, right? Um, there's so, like, we, we wanted it. We recognize that if, if this is actually what we want to be doing in life, 
if this is the path we want to take, if we want to uh, to make a living doing um, what we're passionate about, being artists, then why wouldn't we pour our every bit into it? Any any time that we have. I mean, people think I'm crazy for putting a little shock wrist on that wakes me up in the morning, you know, at five in the morning. Um, but it's because I want it. I want to be up. I want to be up, ready, and, and moving the needle forward. Um, and so I, I kind of, I mean, I, I'm bringing this up because it kind of drives me crazy when I'm, when I talk to photographers who are expressing, um, you know, that they can't get clients and they don't know how to, they don't know how to go full time and they don't know how to find time to do it. Um, and, and yet they have time to, you know, to watch the bachelorette. (laughs) Sorry. I actually, I only brought that one up because guilty pleasure. Uh, (laughs) that was me this Wednesday or Monday. Uh, oh God. Um, but no, but you, you know what I mean? Like, like yeah. binge watch a uh, house of cards or, or breaking bad, or like you just referenced, you know, get off your damn iPhone, um, or, or social media and get right. to work, you know? Um, because the benefits are there, man. Like this is, this is your life. And, and in a lot of times it's more than just your life. It's your family's life. It's your kid's life. It's their future. Um, and it's, and it's, it's worth it if you want it. Yeah. And well, it's weird thinking, like you said, you know, like, People probably look at me like, oh, I made it. I don't even feel like that because, well, one, we're not we're not full-time. And I don't know. I still don't – I'm torn. I'm really conflicted with this. Like do I want to go part-time or full-time rather because I still really like my job at ESPN. It's not like I'm sitting in a cubicle every day and just hating life. Like I actually really enjoy what I do there. Um, but for us, I think the goal is 15 to 20 weddings a year. And realistically, we could hit that next year. Mm-hmm. And that would be – our third year in business and we could hit our goal of 20 weddings. Like I think that is an actual, so I guess, yeah, in that regards, maybe we have made it to where we want to be, but, um, yeah, but it wasn't easy. Yeah. And for many people that, that is enough for full time, you know, that's, that'll do. Um, so yeah. And, and that's, I like that though. You're in a position to make that choice. Do you know what I mean? Um, you're you're setting yourself up. Yeah. I like control over it. Sorry. No, you're fine. You're fine. I didn't mean to interrupt. So I want to hear then what was, um, what was for you like, like the breakthrough moment where maybe you were second shooting for someone or you, 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 you started shooting again on your own. At what point did you realize, um, or, or kind of like things just started to, to make sense? Like the, the lights started to go off. Yeah. Um, I think it was second shooting and, when I, I had a guy, his name was Chris. He's um, a pro in the Charlotte area. He he also does lead work for George Street to just supplement work, you know. Um, so he he's been a pro ten to fifteen years, somewhere in that range. And after the first time I shot with him, like he pulled me aside and was like, "I've shot with a lot of seconds." And he was like, "You're one of the best I've ever shot with." He was like, "You're doing great work." He was like, "Pleasure to work with you." And I've since worked with him a few times, and he's had me shoot for him. So just something like that, hearing that from him. And then um, there's a guy at ESPN who is since he's since retired from wedding photography, but he was a photographer for 30 years. I had him look through our portfolio. And and again, he was like, yeah, you guys are doing this right. So moments like that were kind of when I was like, okay, I can do this. I'd always kind of thought in the back of my head, yes, I can do this. But I don't know why I just hearing that outside reassurance that I wasn't crazy, that Yes, I could do this. That that was those were key moments for me last year. Right on. And yeah. so, um, 
So, okay. So you hear these thoughts, you're like, yes, I can do this. At what point then do you go from, um, moving away from second shooting to, to going f- like all in head shooting you and Lacey, 10 weddings next year, et cetera. Right. Um, Hmm. This year, I, I, uh, let's see. April 16th was a huge turning point for us. Um, that was a wedding. It was a same sex wedding in the mountains of North Carolina. And I just, I was a couple months out of the workshop I took with you. And I, I don't know, I came out of that workshop really inspired, really fired up. And I took that momentum into this wedding and we killed it. And like, that I feel like that wedding is going to be forever like a like a cornerstone of what we build from here. I'm going to look back at that and know that yes, that that was the turning point. I came away from that wedding start to finish happy with it and that was the first time that had happened and then the feedback we got from those clients and from their family and from friends was just incredible and I feel like that going forward is where I actually started to feel like a professional, not just somebody pretending to be one. Like I, and it, that's only been a few months ago. Um, but since that, every shoot we've done, we've just been so thrilled with, and the response has been great. And we, it's just really building fast now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. It's fun that you say this. Uh, you know, I, as we keep talking, it sounds like um, more and more. Um, you're you keep referencing like um your own self-perception right like like the way that this um uh like what this did for me the way that i was even viewing myself i feel like that has been that's been something that for you has been a deal breaker and it's something that i fully believe in is that the number one barrier that we face as photographers is our own self-limiting beliefs right i think that right there is is so huge and and even in regards to like pricing it's it's going into into a meeting understanding the value that you offer and and owning it um i actually i I just want to throw this out there because i had a uh, an opportunity to uh to talk with jennifer uh, rosenbaum um she's just a fantastic boudoir photographer um but you guys please check out episode 21 of the sfp podcast ryan have you got a chance to listen to that one I don't know if I have. I It's so I, good. Well, it is just like an one. entire value bomb of like face melting inspiration from this woman. Um, she is just she's incredible. And we just talked the entire time about self-limiting thoughts and and self-worth and understanding that and owning it and just how much it does for your business. And dude, right. I, I had to bring it up because as we keep talking, I just keep seeing it as this reoccurring um, theme in your success story as it keeps coming back around. And so, um, and, well, now that I've, it, it's so weird the getting through that wedding and coming out feeling like, hell yes, I can do this. Like this work is good. This is like, you know, this looks professional. This looks like where I want to be. And it's built from there. And like, even just that wedding compared to this engagement shoot we just recently did in the UK, like, there's a difference. I feel like everyone has gotten better and I'm really not, I, mean, I don't have those self doubts anymore, but it, it, all it took was that one event, like a, like a light, like a switch went off and then I came out feeling like, yeah, this is, this is where I need to be. Right on, man. Okay. Yeah. So, um, what, at, at what point, like how much did gear 
play into it. Like, and, and we can talk about gear. We could talk about tools. I mean, let's be, let's be a little bit more like general. Like how much did tools, um, play into, um, to finding, um, well, a few things. One is your success in general, but also how much did it play into your own confidence in what you were doing? It, it did play a big role. Um, I feel like not only did it help me feel like I looked professional and was a professional, it, I feel like clients kind of, and that sounds weird, but you know, if they see the giant lens, like, Oh, he must be good. Um, which is silly, but it's kind of the way it goes sometimes. But at first we were way too into, to gear. We were, we were buying, we have a whole couple drawers behind me of things that we don't even use anymore. I don't even know why I bought them in the first place. Uh, <laughs> but it kind of helped fuel some confidence. So it may have been fake, but it did. Like it, it kind of gave me the idea that like, oh yes, this is what everybody else is using. I need to be using it too. And the further along we go, I'm finding I'm needing less and less. So now I basically shoot an entire wedding using one, maybe two lenses. Um, and I've, you know, I've honed in and found my favorites, but we still don't use the best camera bodies. We, we shoot on Canon 6Ds, um, but we still get stellar results. Like, kind of waiting to see what happens with the 5D Mark IV uh, before I move on to another body. But um, yeah, it, it's it's strange how it did kind of fuel a, a false confidence. But yeah. Yeah, I just find it interesting that um, as as photographers, when we're starting off, we keep looking to gear to solve so many of our problems that this piece of gear will give me more self-esteem or it'll make me more mm-hmm. professional or it'll make me a better photographer. I'll, I'll take better images. I'll be able to charge more. And, and now, you know, we're, we're a little bit further along in our career where you, you go through this whole expansion process and then now it's just shrinking. And now we're just going so far in the other direction of recognizing right. it, it, it doesn't, I mean, maybe it, it'll do something for your brain for like a day and then you use it and then it sucks or it just didn't act. It didn't suck. It was just like neutral. And so yeah. now you're just back to, to where you were and, and men we're in the same boat. You know, we show up at a wedding and even now too, it's funny that you say this, the size of the camera. I used to always bring with me, you know, my 5D3 with like the big grip on the bottom. <laughs> right, I used yeah. to feel like such a badass. Um, yeah. Or I'd wear like the two camera holster with just a camera on the side, even though I'd never really use it. Um, yeah. And now I'm just like, so the opposite. Now I'm like, I took the grip off. Don't give me that. I want like the lightest load I could possibly have. Yeah, exactly. Give me a couple lenses and, and let's actually engage with people and let's anticipate moments and let's create work that the client cares about. And um, the, the whole the whole mindset's changed, and it's really done a lot for our business. Um, but I think it. I mean, it's almost like a rite of passage, perhaps. Of like, I don't know any photographer who's uh, who's really uh, avoided it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I find the same. Now we now when I go to do a shoot, especially an engagement shoot, I try to pack as light as possible. Like that shoot, the, the last engagement shoot we did, we had. Lacey had a body, I had a body, and we each had one lens, and I think we had one flash. That was that was it. That was the only equipment we had. We didn't even take a reflector. We didn't nothing. And we and I love it. It's such a great session, but we did it with such minimal equipment. And I had a prime lens. I was using my Sigma thirty uh, five Art, which I've fallen in love with that thing. Um, but I used it start to finish, so I had to you know move around if I wanted to change the framing, and it's uh, it was so much better. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So, okay, you started to go into brand development. You started to go into your website mm-hmm. and, and some of yep. the work that you had done with that. And I want to go back to this because I think um, as much as I talk about self-worth, um, I think that um, brand is another huge component in regards to, you know, anything that's going to truly affect, um, you know, your price cap, I think has to do much more so with self-worth and brand. And so tell me more about the development of your brand and when you guys decided to take uh, the plunge to actually invest into your brand and what that did for you. So we, uh, we'd had a website. It was a free website that I had a friend build for like $200 was like what he charged me for his time. Um, and we had that up, let's see, up until probably middle of last year. And I think that's when it was. And looking back at it, like it was awful. It, we thought at the time it looked great, but then I just wasn't happy with it. It just wasn't us. I felt like it was who I thought we needed to be to attract clients. And then I don't know. I sat down with Lacey and I'm like, we just we need to take this seriously. We need a better website. We need to really pour ourselves into it. We need to make it obvious who we are mm-hmm. through this website. So uh, that's last summer we purchased that site from Tonic and really just completely overhauled everything. And that was, that was an expensive, you know, they're, they're not one of the cheaper designers. Um, but when we launched that site, which I think launched in September of last year, we noticed an immediate change. Um, we were now getting inquiries coming in from the website, from wedding wire that previously we weren't. And it was not as simple as changing a website because that was a lot of work. But in a way, yes, it was as simple as changing the website and really just making it unique to who we were. And without telling people the kind of clients we wanted, the the people that were starting to inquire with us were the brides that we wanted. They were here here in the South, it's everything is very Southern bride. It's very plantations and country clubs. And that's not who we are. Like I have a half tattoo sleeve. Like we wanted something more alternative. And that's what started coming in and it was awesome. It's been awesome. Yeah. And I think too many, you, uh, man, I, I don't like, you've done a lot with your brand. It's, it was certainly more than just, you know, you invested money in your website. I think that the care that you've put into your brand has done so much to, um, to create such a cohesive experience. And did tonic help to, to foster that? Was that, um, spearheaded by you? How did that come about? Because again, um, you guys, as we're talking about brand, your brand is anything that comes to mind when a client hears your name, when a client thinks of you. And for Ryan here, um, the the rebrand that they went through, it was so clear. It was so concise. It was so spot on. And and um, and and I guess professional too. I don't know how else to describe it, but it, it, you could tell that there was that was there was care, that there was thought put into it, and it all worked so well to to bring in and attract the right client that you guys were looking for um Mm -hmm. so yeah was that was that more tonic was that you how did that pan out well so tonic has a bunch of designs that you can buy and then from there like it was a little bit of both like uh we worked with jen from tonic and she was amazing like she was awesome like we started with a consultation phone call she kind of wanted to know what we were about what we were looking for and when we bought the, the website, um, you get all the files, you do everything you want to it. 
And then I had paid a little extra for her to then go back in and basically fix everything, pick it apart, make adjustments, and get it ready to go. But as far as all the copy and like the photos and the way we kind of customized it, that was me and Lacey. Um, but she certain, but, but Jen from Tonic certainly had a role in all of it because um, I feel like they want their their designs. They want them to look good. They want them to be represented well. Um, so she was certainly a part of it. But Lacey and I sat down before all that, and we kind of had a plan of what we want, what we want it to look like, what we want people to come away kind of feeling after they see our website. And then once we launched the website, then we went and changed over Facebook and Instagram and all that stuff because we, we realized that everything looked different and we wanted everything to come together. Yeah. Again, I, I think what you just said is so, so, um, important that everything needed to come together. It wasn't just your website. It was your portfolio of work. It was your social media it was right. your avatars. It was the way that you dialogue and emails. It was the way that you host your meetings, the way that you connect and communicate from a first standpoint with your clients. I mean, this is something that's really important is you guys saw brand as a holistic thing rather than just your homepage. Right. Right. Um, yes. For for you and I uh, and I I get to I get to see all this and throw all this back. I've <laughs> seen it all, man. I've I've experienced what you guys have gone through, and yeah. so I'm like filling in all these gaps. And I'm like, oh man, he didn't get to talk about this. But um, the the brand that you guys have created has really done so much um, in regards to to setting you guys apart. And so my question is, it it was an investment. And so have you have you seen a return on that investment? I mean, so when we talk about return investment, ROI, right? Yep. Um, it's like you know, however much money that you spent on tonic, have you seen that come back? Um, oh, absolutely. And sometimes it's tricky. It's tricky to define yeah. these things because. Uh, ROI has a lot more than just necessarily money. It depends how right. you define. But what does that look like for you? Well, no, we absolutely have seen it. And not only just because now we're getting more clients like reaching out, um, it's leading to more meetings. And then when we get to the meetings, like almost every meeting, people are like, oh man, I just love your website. I love your work. I just, it was funny. It made me laugh. It, it really like, it's why I, you know, reached out. And so Hearing stuff like that, it, it was absolutely worth however much we, we paid for it. I honestly don't even remember now what what it cost us because it was like a year ago. But yeah, it was in every way worth it. And then like this year, we paid a designer to come up with new logos because our logo was from like a previous existence, like before that website. So it had carried over. So it didn't quite fit. And we, you know, we talked about this back in February. It didn't really look as professional as everything else. So we hired a designer um, in March and we rebranded, did a minor rebrand with uh, our logos. And it's all come together really well now. Fantastic. I think yep. that as a beginner photographer, if there was anything that I feel comfortable um, as, uh, in terms of giving this advice, the only thing that I fully feel comfortable giving advice on in terms of where to spend money is spending money on your brand upfront is taking the time and, and, and not just money, but spending the time, spending the patience, spending the work, um, really researching that, um, developing it, understanding which way you're heading, which direction you're heading, which, which audience that you want to reach, and then actually throwing some dollars at that. I think that 
is well worth the investment to start more than any lens, more than any um, uh, camera body even. Uh, I, I just, man, I've seen the difference. And you know, um, there's photographers that'll create the exact same images, but one will have um, one will have a cohesive brand and the other will not. And the the financial um, results are just exponential when you apply like a cohesive, well thought out brand that represents mm-hmm. you, uh, that represents the experience that your clients will have on on that journey with you. Um, right. It can't be. I mean, the, man, this cannot be underemphasized. Yeah, and I feel like it has helped set us apart. Like even, it, it's funny. I don't know if you've. You probably have never visited our wedding wire profile, but we we kind of take a little backhanded jab at other photographers because we want people to know, okay, they're not like everybody else, and we we call everybody else out for being the same. It may not be we do it in a very kind of a subtle way, but I want instantly people to know, all right, they're different, and they have a sense of humor about it, and that's that's really important. I try to convey humor a lot in our brands or in our brand. Yeah. Awesome. Um, all right. So, uh, next big question. I, I know that, um, that your that your um, your self esteem, the, the, the people that you've surrounded yourself with, um, mm-hmm. the conversations that you've had with your wife, uh, the gear, the tools, the brand has all made a huge impact in this. I mean, this honestly, this rapid growth, right. how much though, has um, has it been in regards to influencing, I'm sorry, how much has investing in yourself, investing back into, uh, into yourself, back into your education, back into your understanding, how much has that played into um, getting you to where you are today? Honestly, that is the single biggest factor in why we are where we are because in a lot of ways we started out I started watching YouTube videos. I was I'm not formally taught in photography, certainly not in business. Um, I was a video major in uh, in college, so some of the principles transferred. But I started on YouTube, then I started buying books, then I started buying online courses, then then workshops, and I've been I've been really selective on the workshops. We took um, a business course with Zach and Jody. And that, that was last summer, last spring, sometime last year, that kind of helped get things going. And then late November, I flew to Boston and attended a Sam Hurd workshop. He, it was, that was all about creativity. That wasn't about business. That was about shooting and thinking differently about how you shoot. Um, then a few months later, I took your abundance workshop, which that really like kind of got a fire under my ass and got me going. Um, so between those three workshops and the books that we bought and read, like that, that is our education. Like we didn't, we didn't go to school for this. So I had to learn somehow. Um, and I can't just go around asking local photographers, Hey, teach me what you know, cause they're not going to do it. So investing in myself is absolutely the reason we're seeing success now and not just throwing money at any workshop or any book, like really, being careful and selective on what I, I did. I've, I've been very um, trying to, ah, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, very selective and, and careful with every decision I've made through this whole process. And that includes, you know, the investments in my education. Yeah, I think that um, 
educating, like investing back in yourself, finding further education. I mean, this, this is the thing that I think should never stop. I mean, even for the best of the best, even for like for myself, I'm still continuing uh, mm-hmm. to invest back into, into myself and in all regards in business in sales, right. in creative, um, you know, all of these things in the client interaction and experience and, in just relating to people now too, I'm, I'm investing in, um, in how do I become a better speaker? Right. How do right. I become a better host as, yeah. a, as a podcast? Right. Yeah. And this is the thing that I think so many photographers, they're looking for a magic bullet. They're looking for the thing, right? This goes back to gear. They're looking for that piece of gear. That's going to change. That's right. going to change everything for them. And, um, there, there isn't that, but man, the, I, I gotta be honest. I think that the closest thing that there is in terms of, uh, maybe we'll not call it a magic bullet, but like a shortcut taking like a, a gigantic leap ahead is by learning fr- directly from people who have come before you. I yeah. think that will always be one of the, um, one of the best, one of the fastest and best ways to, to just man, like inject fuel into your business. And, and I think you experience this from abundance, inject, um, like drive and inspiration, you know, like coming right. back and you're just like, hell yeah, let's do this thing. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. just like this kick in the pants. Yeah, Lacey was like, when I got back from that, she was like, I've never seen you so fired up, so like motivated. I don't know what it was. I just really, it was all starting to click. And I think had I taken that workshop, yeah, it would have helped no matter what. But I feel like the timing for me was perfect because I'd already put in all this other work. And then it was just like it put kind of the push over the top that I needed to to really build on it. And just in the past few months, it is is really picking up fast. That's awesome. Can you yeah. talk a little bit about you? You brought up a, a number of things. You brought up how you were, you went to YouTube videos, um, articles. Yep. Uh, you had started investing in books, and then some um, some online courses, and then actually workshops. Mm-hmm. Um, so, one of the things that I think is just human nature, and I'm curious if this was true for you. I think that when we actually um, invest in something, when we actually put money into something we we will act on it we will take it more seriously does that make sense what i'm trying to convey it there? does like, yeah it, it's almost like yeah. i have stuff that um like i i've got articles i've got things i've got i've got resources that i've put together and part of me only want like i just i i it is free right but i almost just want to start charging like a buck or 10 bucks or something for it just because I keep giving it out to people and no one's doing anything with it. And I think that the problem is they're not doing anything with it because it's free. It's just like there. And so they're like, eh, oh, well, Uh, but I think there's (laughs) something to be said. What what are your thoughts? I I can see that. Um, I I might have approached it differently than, than some people do because when I started out, I was really grateful for the free because I, I don't know. I didn't. I wasn't bringing any money. So like the free YouTube videos, the free like articles and stuff. Um, one of the first things I actually paid for was um, like a PDF book that um, Susan Stripling put out. But the free it it got me going. And without that, I don't know. I don't think I would have kept going because I was so happy for the free resources. I was like, I can't afford to go back to college. I can't afford to do. <laughs> you know, I can't. I can't. So. Um, I guess that's just on a, a, a person to person basis on how they would approach it. But when I paid for the workshops that I have paid for, I have noticed like big leaps forward because yeah, I was like, I put a lot of money into this. I better make it worth 
my time and worth, you know, I got to make this money back. So, um, larger chunks of money, like for a, a workshop, I would say certainly I took really serious. Um, but for things that I even paid like 10 bucks for, I don't know. I, I didn't really look at that much differently than I did something for free. I'll just occasionally go back to it. If that makes sense. That's awesome. I mean, yeah. I, I love it. I mean, I think it's something too, that was, um, I mean, there's just like a, you, you, you want this and it comes back to your right. hustle and to your drive. And it comes back to what we were talking about earlier of, of not taking for granted any, any time that you have, right. You were pouring even just the car rides. You weren't just listening to music. You were investing right. in your business, any resources that you were given. Um, and man, there are so many amazing and free resources out there, yeah. um, that are, are, are just, a, a, you know, there for the taking. And so, um, I love it, man. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you had that experience. I wish more people were able to kind of take that mindset. I got one more thing to add to uh, kind of motivation and like why I'm hustling so hard. And this is, this may sound silly, but I got into this way later in life. Not that I'm old, but I got into this way later in life than a lot of people do. Um, I just turned 33 on Monday. So it's like, I don't know. I feel like by the time people are normally at this age, they've been doing it for 10, 15 years. I've been doing it for three. And so that is also why I'm like, I got to get this done now. <laughs> like I really got to get there. I don't have time to wait around. Yeah. And then, and then when you have kids too, I wish, I wish every person out there could just have a kid because I think it would do so much for your hustle. I think it would do so much for the way <laughs> you view right. your time. Yeah. Um, and how much you, you pour, if, if there was a magic pill that I could give, it would be a pill that you would take and it would make your brain think that you had a kid and it would make you work so freaking hard. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be like cocaine, man. Um, <laughs> that's, that's what I want to develop. Um, yeah, man, I love it. Maybe the pill is just like, you're, yeah, like you're getting old, get, right. get things done. Gotta get it done. <laughs> this is something that has been incredibly motivating for me. And I just, I just put out a six figure live video on this. That was about just the fact that like, dude, we don't know how much time we have. Like you're going to die. Like, like move forward, do what you want to do. Um, and don't waste any time doing it. And so again, uh, for you to have that perspective has just been fantastic. Um, right. Ryan, uh, wrapping things up, I, I want to yeah. talk about an action step. I want to give people, um, anyone listening, you know, something to do when once they get home, uh, or or even just this year, uh, if we're going to go a little bit more long term, what is one thing that an individual can do that will greatly um, move things forward? That will give them that extra that extra boost um, in any way, shape, or form to help kind of get. 2016, 2017 to be the year that, that was like the breakthrough moment, you know, um, what would that one point be? Uh, that's a tough question because there's so many things that I've had to do. Um, but I feel like we've already covered it. Investing in yourself, like buying, uh, not necessarily just even spending money. I mean, it can be as simple as just watching YouTube videos, just giving up the hour of Netflix and spend an hour watching tutorials on how to light a reception. Uh, little things like that will go a long way. And that's, that's what I've found is if I take the time and actually be like, yes, I'm going to do this. I'm going to sit and watch this course, or I'm going to go to this workshop and take it seriously. It has paid off for me. Uh, that has been like, I already said it, that has been the biggest thing that has it, it just completely changed everything for me was, 
taking it seriously, believing that I could do it and, and investing time and sometimes money into back into myself. And so far it's, it's working out, it's working out pretty amazingly. That's awesome. So invest back in yourself and recognize the sacrifice that that will take uh, right. from, from when I say sacrifice, I even just mean from, from a comfort, from a, from a time standpoint, from, um, from a more sleep standpoint, from a, um, watching more TV standpoint that there right. are sacrifices that will be made, uh, in order to, uh, in order to put the time into investing back in yourself. Yeah. Um, good advice. Well, I, sorry. I got one last thing to add to, to that. Just to kind of, um, give some perspective. So last year we, on average, our weddings were 15 to $1,800 in, in, um, 2015. Next year we're selling weddings for $4,300. So in just that amount of time, we have like tripled, um, our, our packages. And it's, it's just because of how much time and effort I've put in. That's crazy, man. I mean, that's, that really is crazy though. I mean, I think for, for people out there to hear that in, in that amount of time, in like, what would you say, two years? Yeah, so 2015, we were averaging fifteen to $1,800, and in 2017, we'll be doing $4,300 weddings. So in less than two years, over doubling in profits, 4300 I mean, for photographers out there who are listening, some of them, like, $4,300 a wedding, it, it seems unreachable, but you guys, it is reachable. You've seen, you've seen that Ryan has done this, and in, in, Ryan and Lacey have done this in, in, in less than two years. Um, it's really incredible, man. It really is powerful, and I hope people continue to follow you guys, follow your story, see where things move. Um, and uh, and I, obviously, I will be. You know, um, it really is exciting. What are what are some of the other really great things that have been happening uh, for you guys over the last couple of years um, moving forward? Well, just our client interactions, um, the way that we approach it, it like, it's not, it's not about us. It's about them. So really just gearing the experience start to finish through their eyes. Like what? And I, I look back at like all the things you guys did when you shot our wedding, everything we loved about it, the photos, yeah, were great, but it was also the interactions that really stood out. Uh, so that's kind of what we're trying to do. And something really simple that we've started doing this year is no longer doing a sneak peek on Facebook. So instead, when we get home from a wedding, we find two, three photos that we love, we have them printed through White House, shipped directly to their home. Within a week, they have three printed objects in their hands and that they're seeing for the first time, not some random person on Facebook. That has just been an incredible success. And that has led to more print sales and book like upgrades. But and the reviews that are coming in from that. So really just making it about the client has also completely changed everything. That's awesome, man. I love that idea. I love yeah. anything to do uh, with loving our clients well, providing them value, and, and certainly um, creating things real, print. Fantastic, mm -hmm. man. Dude, if, if anyone took anything away from this, maybe it's that. Like, like, <laughs> uh, that, that is so good. Um, yeah. Ryan, where can people find out more about you and Lacey? Uh, we're at gandhiphotography.com. That's G-A-N-D-E-E -E, photography.com. And then on any social media, we're just at Gandhi Photo. Awesome. Ryan, thank you so much for your time. I'm sure you're going to have to get back here to some emails, some editing, some phone calls, some print orders. I don't know what's in store for you today. <laughs> but I appreciate you taking this chunk out of your day just to, uh, to hang out um, and, and let us know a little bit more about how you got to where you are, man. I really appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Ryan. 
Well, there you go, you guys. I hope that you have taken something away from hearing Ryan's journey to see where he invested early on. I'm talking about just the time that he invested. I'm talking about uh, the hustle, the groundwork that he put into his business, uh, investing early on in branding and investing early on back into himself. You guys, he mentioned the Abundance Workshop. If this is something that you are interested in doing, if this is the next step for you, we are going to reopen up the Abundance Workshop. We held it in February, and now we're going to be holding it again in December. We sold out last year, and uh, and it's happening. It's going to be a three-day-long workshop. The one critique that we received was they wanted it to be longer. I kid you not, you guys. And so we've listened. We've gone ahead and made it three days. This is a workshop if you are, are serious about moving your business forward, if you're serious about growing your business, right, we're going to be getting into breaking down what what did it look like for Stoundstory Creative for us to move our photography business up into a six-figure studio in under two years? Uh, it's it's really it's really an incredible time. Uh, it's intense, and we I mean we hit it hard. Uh, this is not a workshop where we're going to be talking a ton of creative. I'm going to be upfront about it. This is about making money. This is about building a life for yourself, for your team, for your family, for your children. Uh, building a company that's going to be sustainable for years to come. If you're interested in the abundance workshop, abundance maximizing joy, meaning, and profits, uh, there's going to be a link down in the show notes. Uh, but we're going to be closing up here August 18th. Uh, so get on it. Early Bird Access has all kinds of bonuses for you guys. Um, whether or not that you choose to join uh, the Abundance Workshop, one last thing that you will find a ton of value in, and that is free, and that's nearly every single day. If you guys hop over to Facebook Six Figure Photography's page, I go live every single day for you guys and bring you behind the scenes at Stone Story Creative and just try to shove awesome, candid, real value of what it looks like to run a Stone Story Creative studio. So go on over to Six Figure Photography on Facebook, like us, turn on your notifications, and we will see you guys there.